Welcome to The Herbal Iron, your podcast on all things holistic health, medical astrology, spirituality, herbalism, and so much more. Presented by your host, Ayur Atla, medical astrologist, herbalist, and naturopath. Let's dive right into today's topic, love and light. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to The Herbal Iron. I'm your host, Ayur Atla, and I am here today with Jennifer McFarland. She is a TFT tapping practitioner. She's been doing it for over nine years and has developed a method that teaches you how to create and manage healthy habits, especially helpful if you have ADHD like she does. Um, she's an international speaker and author of the Monarch and the Manager book, born, raised, and stayed in Michigan, and a mom of three kids, all grown. Oh, I know how that is. <laughs> Two of mine are grown, and it's sad and great all at the same time. Anyways, Jennifer is here with us. She's amazing. Let's get started. Hi, Jennifer. Hi, so happy to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Yes, definitely. Jennifer and I have known each other for what, two years now, is it? Two, three years, something like that. Two, three, somewhere in there. Neither yeah. one of us can ever remember that, but we met and kind of hit it off and she's kind of into the, you know, the side of things too, like I am, but more in a slightly different method. And uh, yeah, we just... We've been friends since I go to her stuff. She comes to my stuff and it's great. It's wonderful. <laughs> it is wonderful. So for those listening who maybe would like more information, tell us about what it is you do and like, what is TFT? Uh, so TFT is a kind of like acupuncture for your emotions. So it's a way of you, you tap on acupuncture points in a specific sequence while you think about an emotional issue that you want to address, something that's given you a hard time. And um, as you go through the process, the intensity of that emotional connection gets less and less as you get through the sequence. And the goal is to make it so that it's just neutral. You just don't feel bad about maybe a painful experience in your past anymore. Um, it's really fast. It's really effective. And uh, it works like 80 to 90% of the time, which is something that not every therapy can say. <laughs> so it's pretty wonderful and reliable. Right. Those are pretty good odds. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's super interesting. I know that I've done a little bit with you on that, like personally, and it's been it's always been interesting to see the results. And uh, yeah, I know some people probably call it woo or whatever, but with results with 80 to 90% effectiveness, you can't really argue with that too much, huh? Yeah, you know, it's it's kind of, it's like where energy work and, and I, I won't say science, but just sort of practical application meet. I like to call it kind of a practical magic because it's very much you put, you know, you put things in, you, mm -hmm. you work through the system and you get results out. So uh, yeah, it's it's been pretty amazing. I, I stumbled across it completely by accident, made a huge difference in my life. And so mm -hmm. I've been, um, I've been sharing it with other people ever since because it wasn't well known about. No, um, honestly, until you and I met and really started talking, I hadn't really heard too much about it. I'd heard about like, um, What's the other one? Uh, EFT. EFT. There we go. Mm -hmm. I had heard about that um, and tried that, but I hadn't heard of the form that you do. And so what is 
is there a difference between those? There, there is. Um, so TFT, you you tap on specific points, and they use a few more of them than they generally do in EFT. There's a ton of different types of EFT now, um, so it varies. But generally speaking, TFT uses a few more points. Um, and instead of talking about the issue you want to address with EFT, with TFT, you just think about it. So the kind of cool thing is that you could you could really be very private about an issue or an experience that you want to address, because I just need to know the emotions involved. I don't need to know the details. If people want to talk about the details. That's totally fine. But um, but really, they can just say, oh, I had this experience in my past and it's made me really sad and angry. And, um, you know, I feel like it was traumatic. And with that information, I can, and as long as you can think about the experience, I can put together a sequence and it can still be effective. Um, so it's it's thinking versus being verbal because EFT is you speak out loud while you tap on a set amount of points. Okay. So with EFT, like they pick a certain amount of points, everybody's a little bit different and you just tap on those in sequence while you talk about the issue you want to address. Um, and with TFT, you tap on specific points and you think about the issue you want to address. Okay. So this would be really good for people who maybe like my spouse are more reserved and don't want to talk about the stuff to other people. They want to like work through it on their own so they can work mm -hmm. with you, but not have to actually like give you the nitty gritty details if that's not something they're really comfortable with at that moment. Yeah, yeah. And and it's, you know, like EFT, I think is great for like DIY stuff. Like, you know, the sequence of points and you know, you've got, you know, you're upset about something. Um, and, you know, some people will even do it in like a group setting where everybody's saying mm -hmm. the same affirmations out loud. Um, and, and TFT, I feel like is more targeted. So you get very specific about a particular issue you want to address. So it's good for things like trauma uh anxiety stress grief um can work with fears and phobias and there's one for like cravings and, nice. yeah so it, but it's it's very specific so you think about man i really you know i'm like for me one of the things i worked on was fear of heights so that was really specific for me and i just had to think about experiences when i was in that you know, emotional state, um, mm -hmm. but I didn't have to like talk about it with someone um, for any kind of extended period of time. So, awesome. They both, they both have really they they both have their uses and their benefits. Um, I'm I'm a fan of TFT because that's what I found first, and that's what worked for <laughs> me. So I'm a little biased, but you know, they're both really great therapies. Yeah, I've heard good things about both, but I. I think what interested me more in the method that you do was the fact that uh, you don't have to talk about it because some traumas and things that have happened are things you just either can't talk about or you just don't want to talk about, right? Because it just brings mm -hmm. everything back up again. And maybe I don't want to sit there and dwell on it again. You know, it yeah. sucked the first time around. Let's not, you know, keep talking about it. For many people, that's really hard to do, you know? Yeah, I, I did EMDR and 
Um, and that's, that's, you have to talk out loud. You have to say what it is you're dealing with. And the therapist I worked with was just like, yeah, some people, this is the hardest part for them is saying it out loud. So TFT is really great because you don't have to do that. If, if you're not, you know, if you're not in a place where that's what you want to do or what's good for you, you don't have to. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. That works really well. I know um, Jennifer has uh, also written a book, like we mentioned in the bio. She's been, I don't know what you would call yourself, like the habit person. She's been really good at helping people form habits that help them achieve their goals, their healthy lifestyle, whatever it is they're looking for. And um, I know for a while there on Instagram, I was following, you know, I follow you on Instagram and like every day for what was it like 120 days or something, it was a long time. You or more, more, I don't remember, but you were posting like, okay, this is what I did for my healthy habits today. And uh, it was really cool and interesting to see like the progression of like where you started and like, you know, where you made it to. Yeah, that was, that was my like, okay, I'm going to walk my, I'm going to walk my walk and, you know, talk my talk. Uh, mm -hmm. So I'm going to put my, my time where my mouth is. <laughs> but yeah, I did, uh, I got to 149 days and I did exercise um, for, of some form every day for, for 149 days straight. Uh, and I only stopped when I got some news about my health where I'm like, mm, I have to kind of, I have to take it easy and I have to do something different, um, mm -hmm. until I get some things worked out. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was, it, it was, I, I wanted to be able to show people it was possible, even if you have mm -hmm. ADHD to do something. And, um, you know, there were days like, I think it was. 90 days in, I got to the end of day 90 and I had totally forgot. I completely forgot to do my exit. It was a weekend day. So my schedule was different and I completely forgot. And it was like nine o'clock at night and I'm doing my exercise right before bed because <laughs> it was, you know, it was important to me to, to keep my streak, but, um, I had done it for 90 days. So the whole wisdom of like, Oh, you know, 21 days and you'll get to have it. And it's not, it's not a hundred percent accurate for, you know, especially if you have ADHD. Um, so I, I, I've had to put a lot of things in place in order to support me through the process to develop the habit. By the time I was at day like 120, it was much more natural and mm -hmm. uh, it was, you know, front of mind and I had a really good um, process that I was going through. So uh, but that was, you know, 120 days, like that's, that's a lot of time to invest to, to establish a habit. But once it's in there, it's, yeah. it's in there and you're, you know, you can mm -hmm. just ride that wave. <laughs> yeah. It makes it a lot easier. Uh, but yeah, I remember every day looking for your post on Instagram because every day she was posting like a little brief video basically of like what it was she had done that day for you know that specific thing and it was uh really encouraging too to be like oh okay well if Jennifer can do it and I know you know what she struggles with then hell I can do it too you know yeah and uh it was pretty inspiring watching you so hey congratulations by the way because that's really fucking hard to do 
it, it it is and it's it's but it's also um it is so hard but i like to say you know what it's once you know what you're dealing with like if you didn't know you had adhd and you tried to pick up the typical advice for establishing a habit like i did for years and years and years you, i mean if you got a week straight you'd be real lucky right like if you didn't understand what was going on it it just is a recipe for failure so um yeah you really have to know what you're dealing with so that you can be successful but you can be successful it just mm -hmm. takes it can take more effort it can take more different tools too like yeah you, you've got to know what works for you. <laughs> you know, it's not exactly it's not one size fits all. You've really got to no. know what works for you. And that's what I like about what I do is it really helps people understand like their bodies and how they're designed and how they operate on every level so that it makes it easier to figure out what's going to work for you and what's not. So you're not wasting your time trying things that are never going to help or you're never going to be able to stick to or going to make you frustrated you know, and then quit because you're it's not working. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah, that that is great. Learning to know that part is honestly the hardest part sometimes. And once you get that down, it can be fairly easy after that. Yeah, I, I, you know, I say awareness is like the very is the is like the most important first step. A lot of people will say, well, just make the decision, decide to do it. Like, if you're not aware of what it is you're really dealing with, you can make a lot of decisions that you never follow through on because they're not the right ones. Mm -hmm. So you really know what you're dealing with, and once you know your what you're dealing with, once you have that awareness anything then you can start going okay what should i decide to do uh, you know and and then yeah. how can i support that decision because with the neurodivergent mind you need different tools you need different strategies and um I, i'm a big fan of different not broken um and that can be a huge awareness too of just mm -hmm. like I, I just operate differently i'm not I'm not a mess. I'm not broken. I'm not a failed person. I just, I just have a different setup that I need to work with. Yep. Everybody's cosmic blueprint and design is different and there's nothing wrong with you. It's just how you're designed to operate based on, you know, so many different factors, right? And yeah. none of it means there's anything wrong with you. You're just designed differently than other people. And that's great because who wants to just be like a robot, right? And be the same as everybody else. I don't know. That sounds boring. <laughs> exactly. It's it's acknowledging and embracing the fact that everybody has their their own unique, like you said, blueprint, you know, their own fingerprint, their own way of doing things that's the best for them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, but again, if you don't know that there are different people out there, if you don't know that there are differences, then you just you just are constantly kind of flailing around going, why doesn't this work? Why, you know, what's wrong? Mm -hmm. You know, what's what's wrong with me? What's broken? And it's not. It's just different. Yeah. And that's why I find that so many of these individuals that have business out there that are for anything. But the main one I see, because this is what I follow a lot, are business accounts is all, you know, 
I made $1 million in a year doing, you know, this method here. And I'm going to have you do the same thing because it worked for me. So let's do this one size fits all type, you know, deal. And it's going to work for everybody. And well, it doesn't for one, because it worked for them based on who they are and their different everything. Right. And it doesn't work for you. But then what I find is if it doesn't work for you and you mention that to them, then a lot of times they they shame you for it. They're like, well, you didn't try hard enough. You mm-hmm. probably didn't do, you missed a step. I mean, there's always some reason why it was your fault that X, you know, way of doing things didn't work because they're trying to sell everybody the same method. The same method is not going to work for everybody, you know? And I think that's what uh, drew me to you and your like TFT. All it's the same method in a way, right? Because it's the same points. You customize those points for each person based on what they're going through. So it makes it a very individual type, like way of doing things, right? Like it's not a one size fits all thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's that's the kind of the beauty of the of TFT is that you know it is customizable. It is something that you really can you really can say, what exactly are you going through? Because everybody, you know, everybody filters things through their own perception and that's going to be different, you know, a different experience for each person. You can have, you know, siblings in the same family go through the same experience and they see things differently at the end of it. Mm -hmm. They're not, you know, they're just not like, well, I'm upset because of this. Oh, really? I had the time of my life. I thought it was fantastic. And same experience same genetics you know but two different perspectives so yeah it's, it's really great to be able to provide that to people um yeah yeah and speaking of siblings going through the same thing and having different like views of it that is 100 percent me and my family like my parents were very emotionally abusive and neglective and physically abusive to me. But when I talk to my siblings about it, they have a completely different remembering of events that happened at that same time, right? Like, remember when mom and dad did this? They don't remember any of that. And it's so, like, surreal to me sometimes how we could grow up in the exact same house and all have three completely different experiences. Mm-hmm. with our parents that don't line up and for a while I was like well if they don't remember it maybe it didn't really happen maybe I'm imagining it maybe you know and it took me a while to like kind of realize that I don't need their like validation to know that this was my experience and it sucked mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. I'm allowed to have the feelings I have about it right I yeah, don't need exactly. them to agree with me yeah and and that that's really hard when the you know the people that you you know that you care about and people that you're you know kind of closest with growing up have a totally different perception um but it really everybody has that different filter but it Mm -hmm. again if you don't know that then you can go through what you were talking about of like well you know maybe i'm wrong maybe i got this you know maybe i've missed something Mm -hmm. it's like start gaslighting yourself (laughs) yeah it's like no you just everybody had different filters on at the at that time and they retained different impressions of that experience so yeah it's uh it can be very 
it can be a big relief once you have that awareness and you have that understanding to know yeah. it's like it it is totally valid you have you know you, you don't have to have validation from other people but it's hard to hold on to too right like you know you, yeah and yeah. you do like i said you start questioning yourself and almost like gaslight yourself because it's like well if they're not remembering it like this did it even happen like that Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know like you start questioning if that's actually what happened or not and uh it's it's so it's just so surreal talking to them and now like you know after talking to you know my sister for a while about a lot of this stuff it's um and her at first thinking that i was kind of crazy ironically my parents uh whether they meant to or not, kind of validated <laughs> that I was right by starting to treat her in a very similar manner to how they treated me once I removed myself from the equation because okay. I was no longer there. Then she, and then all of a sudden she was like, now, wait a minute. <laughs> and I was like, I told you, like, I didn't want to be like, you know, I didn't say yeah. that to her, but I wanted to be like, I told you so. See, it's, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and, yeah. I, I deal with some similar stuff with um, my kids and my ex of just like, wow, that's not the way I think it went down at all. Like, and it would be so persistent that I really would question myself. Like, mm -hmm. did, am I making the wrong choice? Did I like, am I this terrible person? And I just didn't realize it. Am I, you know, and, and it's, it's good to be able to validate that for yourself, but also to be mm -hmm. around other people who are just like, no, no, no like no you're not bananas it's you know it's this other person and you, yeah but it it takes a it takes a while and it takes a toll it is it is a it lot does. true yeah it is and finding different ways to help you get through that is so important so i'm glad you found the tft i found you know like a spiritual path that really helped me you mm -hmm. know to recover from that and things like that and we you know we all find a way that works and so getting the news out there though that hey there's a way that works is really important yeah. because again what works for you could potentially work for how many other people you know yeah and and i think um the more i mean again like it's been it was uh it's almost 10 years since i had my first uh tft session september <clears throat> excuse me 2013 was what when i experienced it for the first mm -hmm. time and in going through that experience i was able to kind of open myself up to like okay if this worked and this is cool what else is out there that i haven't discovered yet that i haven't found and yeah. um and i think it's been really wonderful to find find people like you have like a totally different path and perspective and go oh that's a cool facet to add to this you know mm -hmm. that is you know it might not be my 100 percent focus but i can add that to my personal life as another cool facet of support and part of you know part of my awareness so yeah. you know for the last 10 years i've just been like oh i would have never i would have never even considered that before but I'd really like to know what else is out there now. So I'm going to take a look at it. I'm going to think about it. So, right. And it yeah. really kind of opens doors that you didn't even know were like available <laughs> to be opened yeah. and explore. Yeah. 
And that's what I really like about uh, just everything I do is that it's brought so many people into my world that have given me so many different perspectives. And since leaving that like absolutely insane, crazy religion that I grew up in, um, where it was everything was very closed minded, right? And just learning how to actually be like an open minded person has changed so much. I have found so many friends and people that I never would have considered even talking to, right? When I was still really stuck in that that closed-minded, narrow view that I was raised with, you know? Mm -hmm. I didn't even realize I was a closed-minded, narrow-viewed individual because everything around me was that. We were in a bubble. You know, we grew yes. up in a bubble. Yeah. And when I left the bubble, all of a sudden, I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> My parents have told me all of these lies. There's nobody out here that is like they were telling me there's going to be. And the world was a much better place than I was ever taught to believe growing up. And just learning that and learning to just really embrace people where they are and who they are and just be friends with them or love them in a way where they are has like been so such a difference i i can't even describe it uh it's just been great and i really 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 am happy that i you know decided to leave mm -hmm. and follow my own path and not be stuck anymore following and believing what they said i was to follow and believe right yeah yeah, I I totally understand. I I was raised I was raised in like this very weird dichotomy because my parents were divorced when I was 4 and my mom was very much one way and my dad was very much another way. Mm -hmm. So I always had a foot in both spaces and I always knew neither one approved of the other one. Yeah. So I would I I describe myself as like a ping pong ball. Like I'd be served over to <laughs> one side and served over the back. But I got, yeah. I got a chance to see both of these worlds and, um, and start questioning both of them and, yeah. and really being able to kind of make my own, in the end, make my own path. And, I, and I'm really fortunate in the fact that my parents, accepted that about me yeah. so they're you know they're i haven't had to have this this distance or being you know having to cut people off because of it but man it's a it's a whole lot to mm -hmm. to be in that space where now you're doing something completely different than everybody <laughs> you know? yeah like a total yeah here's this third way that can that can be true and now i've you know got to navigate yeah. that so um yeah i uh i can really appreciate that that being a reality and and a difficulty and also wonderful like when you mm -hmm. give yourself permission to go okay what do i want to where do i want to be where do i want to fall on these things and how do i want to have priorities in my life and um how do i want to treat people so it's um it's a lot but it's good stuff yeah and it's i don't know it's so different to raising my children with 
like that open-mindedness and that those different viewpoints mm -hmm. that I was never raised with and like seeing them turn into these amazing human beings that are just so kind and empathetic and caring and willing to help other people with you know just anything and just so different from how i was at like their respective ages and just watching them blossom it's just been so amazing and it's been wonderful to see because when i started raising my kids differently my parents had a conniption um and that literally they told me that well you're just going to raise a bunch of brats they're going to be a bunch of self-centered awful evil brats that nobody wants to be around because you're not raising them xyz way right mm -hmm. um and i was just like well that may be but you know what i would rather that my kids were in your estimation a brat than the people that you raised us to be which were not very you know kind individuals sometimes you know like based on you know who you were as people i'm sorry i don't really want my kids to you know to be that way yeah. and to see them literally like be 100% not anything that my parents predicted and watching my parents get so pissed off about the fact that I did everything different and my kids are such great human beings has been kind of, I don't know, rewarding in a way. Call me mean, but it's been yeah. kind of nice to, yeah. uh, to I, see. That's the best kind of revenge. Like that's, that's <laughs> right there of like, you know, that, that total, total, like the best way to neener neener at somebody of like, oh, it did all work out well and, and it is wonderful and and everybody agrees that they're wonderful human beings like yeah that's good stuff yeah when people literally say to you oh my god your kids are just so kind and they're such a joy to be around and we just love having them over send them over anytime like i'm sorry but that just fills your like heart with joy and you just don't you just want to go rub it in everybody's face who told you that doing the parenting the way you were was going to, you know, make horribly selfish individuals and my kids are anything but horribly selfish. Yeah, that, you know, that well, they say living well is the best revenge. So raising mm -hmm. your kids well is the best, you know, and having them be happy, healthy individuals that other people are happy to be around. Mm -hmm. That is that is the very best outcome. It is. And it's just so nice to see and being able to teach them and raise them, you know, in a way that I never was as well, like not to be scared of everything, like everything in my parents' world was literally like all done out of fear. Mm. They were so afraid of, you know, me turning into X or us, you know, being involved in the world in a way that they didn't agree with that they were so scared that they let that fear like raise us in a way that wasn't really of the best you know because mm -hmm. they were just scared of everything yeah yeah it's it's hard because i know i mean i'm gonna say that i think the vast majority of parents are really just trying to do what they think is best for their kids but oh. when you when you lead with fear and you let that be like the ultimate guide then there's no there's no like positive place to go from that there's no solutions in fear 
Yeah. There's just, you know, trying to avoid the pain or trying to avoid the loss. And you, you don't, at that point in time, you can't give your kids any skills or tools to be happy people because all the, your whole focus is just avoiding, avoiding, avoiding. And, um, and I think it's really sad that people feel like that's, that's appropriate. Um, but I, I can also having, again, raised three kids, like there are times where you're just so worried yeah. for your kids' well-being. And you're just like, oh, I can see this being a problem, you know, walking down this path. But I don't know how to help keep you on the right one. And uh, I think that's the hardest part of parenting that a lot of people don't talk about is the fact that you were given these tiny humans by the universe to just help direct to their path. You're not, they're not like, you don't own them, right? Mm -hmm. Like you, you, you're given them for a short period of time, which I know 18 years to have them in your house seems like a really long time, but it's in the grand scheme of things, it's truly not. You get them for this very short period of time to just give them the tools and the skills that they need to go out and find their path and be the human that they're supposed to be. And that's a really fucking scary thought that you're responsible for making sure that another human finds the path they're supposed to in life. So, I mean, I 100% understand being, you know, parenting from a fearful spot because you don't want to fuck this kid up. You don't want... <laughs> you know, to put this kid out into the world and they turn out to be a terrible human being. And so I understand that because, I mean, I have all those same fears too. But learning that that's a me problem and I need to deal with that and I can't put it on them has changed everything. Yeah. I'm the adult in this situation and it's not my job to put all of my fears of everything on them and have them be responsible for my feelings and emotions on how I'm raising them. And so it's been hard, but this is why I love the spouse that I have. I can talk to him about anything when I'm upset. We go for really, really, really long walks some nights and we'll just walk and walk and walk and walk and just talk because we're away from the kids. We can be honest and we can just talk about all this stuff and get it out. Realize that maybe we're being a bit irrational, <laughs> you know, and then move on. So that when we come back and we're back with the kids, you know, I'm a better calmer person and I can parent from that place of like love and acceptance and positivity instead of fear and you know upset yeah I mean I just big long train of thought that got me to this point but even just yesterday I was thinking about how so very often I think we were you know I know I was raised this way and I think our parents were raised this way but we were raised because everybody's eye was on, how do I keep them safe? Mm -hmm. Well, like what, how, how do I protect them from all the scary things? How do I keep the kids safe? And so you see, I think you see it a lot here with people doing helicopter parenting and stuff. Like how do I manage everything so my kid is safe and has the best possible outcome when there will be difficulties in life. You can't keep your kids safe from every single painful, difficult, challenging experience. And it's not even healthy to do that. Yeah, because then they well, have no skills when they yeah. get out. <laughs> and I think just starting to learn and recognize that if we focus on helping our kid navigate those challenges, being there for them, 
and helping them figure out how to manage and regulate their emotions, how to, you know, do critical thinking and problem mm -hmm. solve and how to self-soothe in a way that's healthy. When these things come up, then they can manage whatever it is they want, you know, whatever comes up in life and, and not be miserable and not be kind of stranded as an adult. But mm -hmm. this is just seems like the wave is, you know, just starting to turn. It's just starting to be recognized as, you know, as people start doing gentle parenting and things like that. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I was raised being like, you know, hard discipline and kids got spanked and stuff like that. And, and but that was to protect the kids. It wasn't to. It, it really wasn't a, a in, at least in my family, it wasn't a process of, oh, well, we're going to, you know, this is yeah. getting my anger out. So I'm doing this in anger. It really was a, pers a perspective of discipline to keep the kids safe. But if you can switch that over to like, how can I get this kid to know how to make the best choice without me having to stand over him going, um, you know, you're going to mm -hmm. get it if you don't. Yeah. yeah. And again, I think that's a lot of fear too, like we were talking yeah. about. It it, all, it, yeah, it's all comes from a place of fear. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and it's, it reminds me of, I did homeschooling with my two younger kids for four years. Mm -hmm. And um, and I did a lot of like unschooling and kind of let them do their own, you know, figure yeah. out their own things for, for a couple of years while we de-schooled. And, um, and both of these younger kids have zero problem with teaching themselves anything mm -hmm. because I gave them the time and the space to figure out how they learned and that it was possible for them to teach themselves something. Yep. And they're both mm -hmm. using that in their adult lives for their professions and for their own personal, um, you know, goals and growth and things. Um, but I didn't have that growing up. Like I, I didn't like, I didn't know how to teach myself how to do something, but because yeah. it gave them the time and the space and a grown up around to ask questions and kind of help, mm -hmm. you know, help them if they got stuck um they they have this skill now and i think if we can start doing that with emotional regulation and critical thinking with our kids now man they're really gonna like you said grow up to be these mm -hmm. very stable healthy happy individuals that are pleasant to be around <laughs> yeah and again change the world right because that they're gonna bring that perspective into everything that they do mm -hmm. and it's going to make a difference in the long run of course it's like the long game right it's not going to happen overnight and it's not going to be something that you know happens as fast as we would like it to be yeah. <laughs> but the fact that we're doing this with our kids that's you know now that generation is going to do it with their kids more than likely and then that's good you know and it's passing down it's like the it's definitely moving in the direction that i think we would like the world to go yeah absolutely it's it's funny because i i like like i said my kids are 
are all adults that are grown and raised. And um, getting on social media, I started seeing more and more people talk about gentle parenting. And I'm like, man, I wish I had known this when I was raising my kids. But I'm still taking in this information and um, and I'm actually applying it to the older generation because mm -hmm. there was a while where I was uh, a patient advocate for my father-in-law and, mm -hmm. um, and, you know, kind of being around him and he had his own biases and things. And I was able to use some of these same sort of gentle parenting techniques to talk to him as, a, you know, being respectful as an adult to an adult. Mm -hmm. Having that perspective, I, I was actually able to kind of make a difference in his life <laughs> with his perspective and not trying to raise him, obviously, but just maybe challenge some of his ideas in, in a way that was kind and respectful, and yeah. not argumentative, and that he could take it in and decide for himself what he wanted to do with it. But um, I, I think maybe as as I think maybe it can go both up, up and down both generations. Like we can oh, definitely with, you know, people are like, oh, they're old and stuck in their ways. Well, are they, or do you just need a, a, like a new angle for getting them to see new things? That's not just confrontational or argumentative. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's, you know, you're right. All those practices are such good things that we can apply to other things. Hell, use it with your clients too, you know? Sometimes they just, people need to know that you like understand and you're trying to help them, but in a way that's best for them. And, you know, maybe that will work too, you know? Yeah, I've, I've even used it for myself. I'm just like, okay, what would, what would little Jenny, like, you know, what would she need to hear in this moment? <laughs> I'm like, can I, can I gentle parent my inner child for a little while? Yes. The things that they, you know, that didn't get at the time. And so I think we can. Thing too. <laughs> so it's like, I'm so glad that this, I'm so glad these things have come up and people are trying this and it hasn't just more of the same. Yeah. I'm really thankful. It's, it's made a difference in my life, even though my kids are grown and raised. Yeah. Well, I find it with like my kids, I can tell that I've raised them differently because when I, now I, this has changed because of all the work I've done, but prior to all the work I've done, like when I would drop something or, you know, do something that was like a mistake or whatever, I would, my inner voice was mean to me. I mean, it was mean. <laughs> I did not have a nice bone in my body toward myself. And I was constantly like yelling at myself and, you know, oh my God, why did you do that? What's, you know, and as I started, you know, having kids and raising them and realizing that I can't speak to them that way because that's like horrible. Why would you do that to another person? I started being really nice with them. I mean, oh, it's okay. Mistakes happen. Let's work together to get this picked up and all this stuff. I started realizing that, oh my God, like I'm talking to me that way because my parents talk to me that way. Yeah. And so I started being nice to myself, but I've noticed the difference in them because when they would make a mistake or drop something as they got older, after we were working on them when they were really young with, you know, this, or I do something out, my kids will actually say to me, it's okay, mom, mistakes happen. Let's work together to fix it. You know, let's come up with a solution. And, you know, and I'm like, wait a minute, <laughs> you actually are listening to what I'm saying. Thank you. Like, it, it makes me feel good because I know that they're actually, you know, yeah, they're actually hearing me and, uh, 
we've always been a very solution oriented family, not a blaming anybody for the problem family like I came from and, you know, stuff. And so I think that's really helped too, because we don't blame anybody for their mistakes. We're not like, oh my God, I can't believe you did that. Now everything's ruined. You know, it's just more like, okay, well, that happened. What can we do to solve it? Right. And we work together and we've always made everybody aware that if you're in this house with us, whether you're related to us or not, we're part, you're part of the team. We're a team. We work together to find solutions. And I think that's been helpful for them because I find that they're so much nicer to themselves <laughs> than I ever was for the longest time. That's a, that's a wonderful thing to pass down and pass along and have as a legacy, uh, uh, having a, a kind inner voice versus a critical one. Mm -hmm. And I'm still retraining myself for that and, uh, you know, guilty of really, really mm -hmm. critical, you know, and, and just, and once the perception changes of like, really, is that helpful? Like, has that ever helped you actually make a difference like has that ever actually helped you make a change or do right. you constantly beat yourself up and once i really like kind of examined that logically i went yeah no i'm just mean to myself for no good reason like this this has never helped it's, right. never, it's never changed anything oh yeah <laughs> it, it's never helped me not be clumsy to like call myself stupid every time i i drop food on myself uh, it i still do it um right now nothing's changed now i feel now i feel bad and i have laundry to do so <laughs> exactly and it just doesn't help and i think that's you know such a good thing that we're you know we're changing that and i think the modalities that we use help with that too right because it oh, really yeah. can help yours it really helps retrain your brain to you know not think such horribly negative thoughts about yourself and my way just really helps people understand exactly who they are how they're designed what's going on so they start learning to love who they are instead of maybe hating it or being upset by it because they were always told by somebody growing up that how they were and who they were was wrong right mm -hmm. which yeah. i think we've gotten a lot probably yeah um, just with the fact that we were i don't know about you but i was undiagnosed for until i was 32 so <laughs> yeah, I I didn't get uh, I didn't get formal formally diagnosed till I was 46, um, and I figured it out when I was I was like 37, 38 when I was doing research for my younger son. I was like, oh wait, I'm the same way. Uh, but there was zero research on women or adults at yeah. that time. Yeah. So um, it was it was just sort of like, oh, this is something fun to know about myself. But that's that was it. And it wasn't until I actually got on that, you know, Jesse's group that I went, mm -hmm. oh, there's new stuff to learn. Like I and and started finding out like, oh, that's why I do this, yeah. this and this. And that's what's going on and was able to get, you know, some treatment and figure out how to manage. Um, I, it wasn't until it wasn't until a couple of years ago that I even realized that the habit change program I put together was essentially an ADHD support system. Like that's why I couldn't do habits and I didn't realize that. And I was talking to other people of like, hey, do you know how to, you know, I can teach you how to manage a habit. And people are like, well, what what habits? Like that's not a big deal. And I'm like, oh, but it is a, like I know it's a big deal. Like it's hard for me to do. Um, 
But it's funny, the same people who would be like, oh, habits are no big deal. They're just like, oh, but I have no willpower. I can't possibly break a bad habit. <laughs> and it's like, really? Yeah. Really? Okay. Um, but but yeah, knowing, like like you said, the awareness, knowing yourself and and having the tools to embrace that of just going, this is who I am and mm -hmm. it's okay. It's a good thing to be who I am and how I am. Mm -hmm. And I don't have to be like everybody else in order to be accepted and acceptable. Um, yeah, because a lot of us were told the exact opposite of yeah. that, right? And so yeah. it's really hard to like who you are when everything about you, your whole life has been told that it's wrong, there's something, you know, that it's not okay, that, you know, anything, whatever it is you mm -hmm. were told, you know? And I think so many of us <clears throat> got that um, from, I'm going to assume the best well-meaning parents who mm -hmm. were again fearful that us being the odd kid out was going yeah. to create yeah. a life that was hard for us and they were trying to you know keep us from having that hard life but instead they just made us really hate ourselves so then we can't you know if we go out in the world then we have a hard life because now we can't accept ourselves and we yeah. don't ever can't ever find out where we fit in we it's hard making friends and you know mm -hmm. and it i think as well meaning as many of them probably were it kind of backfired i got i got super lucky and i didn't realize this until you know again i've learned more about adhd but um i'm confident that my mom ha is where my adhd came from and so i grew up in an environment where we i felt very accepted by the people around me because we were all neurodivergent together even though we didn't realize it and mm -hmm. and a lot of it was that my mom was kind of like in survival mode so she had a really um i think like she had her priorities in order and it was like survival was top priority everything else is just bonus so i wasn't held to these standards of neurotypical behavior that maybe a lot of other people would be because she was accepting of it it was just yeah. like oh we're like this and that's okay so i got that gift growing up but it was like but i knew i was really messy compared to a bunch of other women and they would all be you know they're like oh well I, you know everything is neat as a pin and everything's always organized and i'm like not me but because <laughs> my mom was like that and that was just how we were it was accepted and yeah. so even though going outside the bubble of the family was different in my family it wasn't a terrible negative thing so uh, my brother uh, my younger brother is ADHD. We figured that out in college and um, uh, my dad's passed away, but confident that he's autistic and that's been passed through the family too. My other younger brother's definitely autistic. And so, but mm -hmm. we all lived in the bubble. Like we all got along and we all took care of each other. So that yeah. was okay. Uh, so that was, that was a real a real gift that I got growing up. But um, as soon as I step toe outside that bubble, it's like, oh, everybody else is like, everybody else is different. Um, my my younger son came home from school one day and he said, 
mom, so-and-so on the, so-and-so on the playground called me weird. One of my good friends was over and she was just like, like, no, not weird. And I'm like, well, sweetie, we are weird. Like we're a weird family and that's totally fine. And she looked at me like I was, she's very neurotypical, love her to death, but she's very neurotypical. And she looked at me like, you're not going to tell him he's not weird. I'm like, we are weird. And that's okay. Like, yeah. Embrace the weirdness. We embrace our weirdness wholeheartedly. Uh, and to her, that was just like, oh, that's a, you know, this kid was really being insulting. I'm like, no, he's not. He's just accurate. Like, we're weird. Yeah. It's fine. If someone calls me weird now, I'm like, thank you. Thank yes, you for the exactly. compliment. I love being weird. I love I, being the odd person out. <laughs> I, I love my weirdness. I love my weird family. I wouldn't trade it for anything. Not even the ability to, like, be organized and show up on time to stuff. Like, <laughs> like those things are not priority enough for me to give up the the other creative and really kind and interesting things that we are and can do mm-hmm. because we're different so um like I said, i'm very lucky that i grew up and the family was different and but we were okay with that like that was all right yeah um, but i know not everybody gets that so yeah, unfortunately not. The bigger you can grow your, you know, your own personal weirdo brand of people and build that community <laughs> like you do with social media and everything, just the, the more wonderful it is. I just I just love that opportunity of interacting with other with other people. Um mm-hmm. uh, another person that was we met from that Facebook group, uh, she and I talked a couple well, almost two years ago now online, we were both really grieving, but we were able to interact as neurodivergent people and neither one of us, um, like there was no policing and judgment of how we behaved and how we interacted because it was natural for both of us. So it was really this fantastic time of support through a really difficult experience but it that would have never happened with a neurotypical person. They would be completely like anxious and upset and like worried that that's how we interacted. But it was it was so great for us. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's nice when you find yeah exactly when you find people who get you and just love you no matter what. Yeah. Yeah, it was the first time we'd ever talked and we're like, let's chit chat online. We're talking <laughs> about really, you know, heavy stuff and she's grieving losses and I'm grieving losses. But we were just like, yeah, like, you know, the part when like this happens, you're like, yeah. And then I went through this, like, yeah. And it, we just were like validating and supporting each other mm-hmm. in a way I wasn't able to do with other other people who didn't understand. Yeah. Yeah, that makes a huge difference. It really does. Well, we're getting, we need to wrap up soon because it's been a while, but let's say one more thing before we go. Tell us about your book. So my book, The Monarch, the Monarch and the Manager, is a DIY version of um, my habit change program. So um, it's an ebook on Amazon, and basically it steps you through the whole process of understanding what you're dealing with the monarch and the manager refer to um our unconscious and conscious minds and it's a kind of a different way of explaining that relationship 
that I hope will help people see it as a way of cooperative parts of you versus adversarial. I think very often I only found um, descriptions of the unconscious mind that were like, this is something you got to get under control. And this is like, you know, like people would talk about, well, there's, you know, mm -hmm. uh, a bad wolf and a good wolf or you know an out of control horse and a tame horse and it's just like my my unconscious mind is not an animal um it's not an iceberg it's not it's it's a, it's humanity it's a people um mm -hmm. and so i i came up with the idea of it being like your unconscious mind is really in charge of most of your life whether you realize it or not but mm -hmm. it's like a monarch and your conscious mind is like a trusted advisor, a manager of that empire, of that realm. Mm -hmm. And when you can understand both those parts and you know the strengths and weaknesses of both those parts, you can formulate your plan to deal with the habit with both of those parts in mind so that every part of your brain is on board with this new with this change um so that's the monarch and the manager it also comes with like uh worksheets so that you can do you know figure out the whole process on your own and um i talk about different tools in there the the most beautiful part i love about the whole thing is that the whole thing is customizable i don't say this is how you do change or this is how you should do change mm -hmm. i say how do you work best and let's use that like what are your strengths what are mm -hmm. your skills what are your successes and those are the things that will plug into this framework i can give you the framework and you plug the different parts in so mm -hmm. it's customizable a hundred percent for each individual the choice of habit the choice of you know how they want to address it how they want to support themselves it's a hundred percent customizable so yeah which again, as you were talking about, makes a huge difference really in does. actually getting results, right? Yes, yes. Because then you're not fighting against yourself. You're not trying to put yourself in a box. It's like yeah. you're building yourself a scaffolding that is made specifically to support you and nobody else. Nobody else can plug back into that you know that framework and have it be mm -hmm. perfect but here's the spots where you plug the different tools in um yeah. so that yep that's what that's all about well awesome if you all want to look that up i will include a link in the show notes so you can go purchase it jennifer is awesome i'm sure you could tell but just um really go give her a peek look at her stuff talk to her set up a tft session because trust me it works and it really does make a difference truly makes a difference yeah so, it does cool. it, it's yeah. it's wonderful stuff yeah and if you've been struggling with some emotional regulation or health issues from different things you know from your past you know hey give it a try it's a lot less expensive than going to see a doctor <laughs> <laughs> this is true and you know if uh, a lot of things can be addressed in like just one session so this isn't a long-term process that you have to commit to um i i have like one-off sessions and three session packages 
and I really have yet to have anybody like like or want a, a three session package. They're just like, oh, I'm all fixed. Thanks. It was like, cool. <laughs> that's that's the idea of like, let's help you out as fast as possible. Mm -hmm. Get you feeling better and get you mm -hmm. on your way. Exactly. 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 So check her out, everybody. I will include all of those links. Why don't you tell us like a, the best place to find you? So I have it on the podcast and then I'll put it in the show notes as well. Um, probably the easiest place is just my website. Um, www.monarchdawn.com and that takes you right to my um my basically my shop and you can sign up for tft there you can sign up for a chat for a free chat for a zoom call so that if you have any questions or if there's something else you want to go over we can you know we can talk and that's totally free um so if you, you're just like hey i'm more interested i want more I want more info. There's no, um, there's no obligation and you can sign up there at it for a free chat. Or if you're just like, I, this is perfect. You can also sign up for a TFT session and get scheduled that way too. Uh, and I also do the one-to-one -one coaching for habits. If that's something you're interested in. Yes. Awesome. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you had as much fun listening to Jennifer and I as I had talking with Jennifer. And I will see you guys next time. Love and light. That's it for another great episode of The Herbal Iyer. Tune in next week for more valuable content with your host, Iyer Atla.